Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show itself, episode 161. Janine, I think we've got a bit of a treat today. Yes, I'm very excited. This was a definitely a treat for me. A treat for me as well, and I hope it will be a treat for all the lovely listeners of It's a Wonderful Podcast, even just to listen to us talking about this movie we're talking about today hopefully is a treat for some people i mean that would just make my heart melt to be honest with you if that was a treat for some people but i certainly think that if if you were to go and watch this movie it would be a great treat for you much like it was a great treat for us yes that was a little bit of a roundabout way of saying this is a really kind of fun movie yeah. that we're talking about today. And kind of important oh. as well. A very important movie, mm-hmm. a very, very important movie, a very, very unique movie. And first off, I'd just like to say that it feels good to be talking about a musical again on the main show, Janine. It's been so long. Yes. There are a lot of great classic ones, and yeah, we need to definitely do more of those. I think I I learned as much in a a recent Schmodown match I was in. (laughs) What, that you are not, or that you need to watch more old musicals? Well, I was given musicals on opponent's choice, so... (laughs) And uh, it was a a fight to get through it, so definitely... um, I think I need more training, and I would love to get it here with some old musicals. (laughs) I am in a bit of a musicals mood at the minute. I have been for a while, and I hope to be for a while yet. Because, you know, like, people have those periods of time, or I do at least, I have, like, a period of time where I'm kind of really into a certain type of movie. Yeah. And then, like, after that period time is finished, I don't then, like, not like that movie anymore. But it, then it just goes to the back and something else goes to the front of the queue, you know? Whereas yes. it's just like, oh, now, I, now I'm into weird, long biblical epics, you know? So, now so I'm into... fickle, so fickle, Morgan. It's weird. It's weird, <laughs> but I've kind of always been like that. At the minute, though, it's musicals. And I'm very excited that it's musicals because it means that I get to discover a hell of a load of older musicals that I need to watch for the first time. However, I don't think there's any musical more unique and kind of that, that's I, w- I want to say it's, it's more of a discovery than a lot of the other old musicals that I'll be wanting to watch in the next. In the, you know, in the coming weeks and few months, I know what the deal is ultimately with the king and I, for example. You know, yeah, I, I know, I know what I know what the deal is there. I haven't seen it, but I know what the deal is. This movie we're talking about today is a whole new ballpark for me, and I am delighted that I have opened the door to that ballpark. And started swinging the baseball bat a bit. <laughs> to like use a really analogy. bad analogy. 
it's just very it's it's very unique and like janine said before it's very important what is this movie we're talking about today janine we are talking stormy weather you've even <laughs> sung it you've even <laughs> sung it it's from 1943 it is one of two all black cast musicals in 1943 which seems weird doesn't it like why what happened in 1943? That it was, it was like, the most... We're going to make this be a progressive year. Just for that year. Yeah. No, no, no not of the rest of the time. Just for 1943. But I... Uh, so this is a whole new discovery for you as well. Yes. Like, I, you know, with those times, uh, Black people were not getting any kinds of opportunities to headline movies to even do all black movies really um relegated to very stereotypical side roles and servant roles and things like that so when i heard that there this was one of two all black casted musicals i was very excited because it wasn't something i was super familiar with you did get me a very wonderful uh black hollywood book um yes. that uh, i did actually read about this movie in so um yeah definitely a huge discovery for me a very exciting discovery because you know i'm always advocating for black films so when i you know it's something i'm studying constantly i'm learning more about constantly and so this was a really exciting discovery so thank you for you know being in a musical mood and putting this on our radar because yeah definitely was very excited to see this yeah it it sort of just it, it, it came to my attention really as a as a musical as a as an actual thing itself yeah because i've been doing all this kind of looking up old musicals different old musicals to watch and that sort of stuff it's upsetting that i'd never heard of this movie or it's you know, 1943 sister in uh, Cabin in the Sky, which yeah. is the, the other movie from 1943, um, with an all-black cast, the musical. It's upsetting that I hadn't heard of either of these movies until now, but I'm grateful that I have heard of them now, and maybe this is on me that I just haven't looked hard enough. I think it's probably more that, because when I've actually looked at them and read about them, they're pretty big deals. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're full of people who are pretty big deals <laughs> when you when you actually, when you look into it, but also like when you don't even look into it because you know the names of these people. Yeah. Straight off the bat, you know the names of these people that are in these movies. Um, but we are going to be talking about stormy weather today. Um, although I do want to do Cabin in the Sky. I think we might do that next, Janine. Okay, very, very excited. Yay, black I'm, I'm people. Excited to do that. <laughs> Yay, black people, says Janine, and that is a fair statement. That is a fair statement. But uh, do we have to do something before we get into the main discussion? We do. We have to say a huge thank you to the It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. Patron shout-out day. What happens on Patreon shout-out day, Janine? We say thank you to our wonderful patrons who support us. Where can people support us if they would like to join the patrons you, on Patreon shout out day? 
if you want to become an It's a Wonderful Podcast patron, uh, find us at It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com. Many fun tiers, uh, artwork and bonus content and live streams and early access to things. So yeah, if you want to support us, check us out there. Search It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon and become one of our wonderful patrons who we love so much and we shout out every week on one of our shows. We do. So thank you, of course, to Maxwell Haddad. And thank you, Amber Coates. Thank you to Abby Friel. Thank you, Ferris Muthana. Thank you to 90s Comics Box Janine's brother, Justin. Thank you, Video Drew. Thank you to Adelaide. Thank you, Corey Morissette. Thank you, Christina Farrell. Thank you, Heather Sabian. Thank you to Megan McCurley, Dr. Megs. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Steve. Thank you, Jake Giacovetta. Thank you, Samir Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Hardin. Thank you to Carla Feese. Thank you, Dwayne Burke. Thank you, Adam Collins. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you to Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsack. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel, the lovely people that they are. Yes. And thank you, Eric Garcia. And thank you, of course, to Billy Pollahan. Applause, patrons. They're wonderful. Yay. They are wonderful people, Janine. They are wonderful people. Go to the place Janine told you to go to if you want to be so generous and join us on the Patreon. It's a great place. Fun things. Excitement. Lovely. Yay. Much like this movie is full of fun things, excitement and loveliness. <laughs> Generally, I think. Yes. I don't know what you think, Janine. What do you make of this one? <laughs> and it's unbelievably nothing plot, but that really doesn't matter because that's not what the movie is. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, there was really no story happening. You kind of just see this guy and he is on um, kind of being honored on this magazine and then just flashes back. Uh, to his time, I think after World War Two, where he was World War One, where he was performing and things like that. Yeah. And so we kind of get a flashback of him performing, and um, so it's not. Yeah, there's not a huge plot going on here, but I feel like everyone involved kind of knew, like, this is our moment to shine. This is our moment to show what we can do. We're not going to get many opportunities like this, and so it's just kind of an all-out. Uh, showcase of talent. That's exactly what it is. And I absolutely so, love that. <laughs> Stormy Weather is it is a showcase. It's an absolute showcase movie. The, um, the, the plot that you do get is basically um, Bill Robinson, Bojangles, the tap dancer, um, that basically everybody's playing themselves in this movie as well, which is a thing... Because um, it's kind of a, just a retrospective on early 20th century black entertainers. Yeah. I suppose is the best way of describing Stormy Weather. And I mean, if that doesn't get you kind of excited, I don't know what will. Because that's really, that's fascinating to me. But it's also really exciting because I tend to enjoy the kind of stuff that goes on in the early 20th century entertainment wise, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh everything just seems a little bit happier. I don't know. 
maybe I'm <laughs> underthinking things. I really don't know. I really don't know. But the amount of plot that you do get, basically, is Bill Bojangles Robinson in love with Lena Horne, and they just keep kind of meeting each other at various shows. Shows, yeah. And, uh, on their on their travels and each show is a bit of an excuse for a particular a performance yeah, yeah. a big set piece performance exactly and i love it it's a it's a really really short movie but it's it it is it's a movie that is more i want to get my words kind of perfectly right so i'm gonna like be a bit fluffy and flaffy throughout this whole work through it Morgan I'm here for it I'm gonna try I'm gonna try um it's a movie that is less interested in being a movie more than it is interested in giving these people a time to shine on the biggest stage possible that they may not have quite had before. Yes. That's what it seems like to me anyway. Obviously, I'm not some sort of expert on uh, this kind of thing um, at all, really. But that's certainly what it seems like to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I definitely got that same sensibility about this movie. And um, even in kind of looking at it, being kind of lumped together with Cabin in the Sky since it's the same year and everything. Um, yeah, I feel like it was definitely a big moment and you felt that. So I didn't really need the plot. I just was kind of elated at seeing these big performances, these big set pieces. And you see people kind of giving it their all because they know that this could be it. Like this could be the one opportunity they're going to get. To, sh- to prove that they deserve to be there just like anyone else um, yeah. and really put a stamp on the Hollywood spotlight. So yeah, you definitely are feeling that as you're watching this movie the whole time. And so I think that elevates the lack of plot. You don't really miss that um, because you're just so focused on the great performances and the dancing and the singing um, and these really amazing set pieces. You are. You, you you absolutely are. And I mean, look, look who's in this movie apart from Lena Horne and, and Bill Robinson, who are themselves fairly big name, early 20th century black entertainers, aren't they, really? Who else have we got in this movie, Janine? We've got Fats Waller, we've got Cab Calloway, we've got Catherine Dunham, we've got the Nicholas Brothers, we've got yeah. Ada Brown. Um Dooley Wilson, who is kind of more of an actor, to be fair. Most people kind of know Dooley Wilson as Sam from Casablanca. Yeah. I suppose, won't they? So he's in it as well. He's not really playing a performer. He's playing a con artist. He's <laughs> kind of the funniest part of the whole movie as well. I really like him in this movie. Yeah. He's an absolute scam artist, and I love it. And he he's almost unashamed. gets caught a few times. <laughs> but Bojangles so kind of gets him out of uh, these sticky situations when people are like (laughs) Lena, I think is um, almost about to kind of reveal some of his scams. And then (laughs) Bojangles has to come and be like, it's time the show starting. Let's go. (laughs) It is funny. A lot of the time, this movie, but like Janine says, 
you are you're here for the showpiece musical numbers that's what you're here for to be honest a lot of the time with musicals anyway that's kind of what you come for You, you you tend to or at least i have in the past tend to know the songs from a musical before i know the actual movie or musical itself yeah right so so you kind of come to see the performances but you stay for all the fun stuff in between which you do still get in stormy weather but yeah obviously you are maddeningly entertained by the performances in yeah. this one. It almost feels like we don't have time for this plotty storyline. <laughs> we got to show what we can do. So let's just get to it. Yeah, because like you said, all you get of the plot is Bill Robinson on his little porch in, of his house with all these neighbor children getting a letter saying he's going to be honored in some musical way. Yeah, and then it's just a flashback of stories of him coming back after World War One and making his way through the United States from Chicago, I think, to New Orleans by the end. Yeah, is it New Orleans by the end? Um, but meeting or coming across or just kind of being able to watch these pretty big name, uh, pretty big name entertainers do their do their stuff. Yeah, and I have known a lot about, you know, Lena Horne's impact on old Hollywood and all of that, but I had never really seen anything with her. So um, that was really wonderful for me to see that. So that was another exciting aspect for me because it's something you hear about, something you know about. You just, you know, if you're studying Blacks and cinema and things like that, it's just a conscious thing that you know um, that she was a bit of a trailblazer when it comes to that. And yeah, it was great to finally get to see a performance of hers. This is why we are, of course, going to be celebrating Stormy Weather throughout this episode of It's Wonderful Podcast. But this is why the discovering new old movies aspect of It's Wonderful Podcast is so uh, that's why I love it so much. I love that aspect of it so much yeah. because you might be more kind of familiar with this movie than I am, even though it was maybe, you know, a first time watch for the both of us. Yeah. I had no concept of this movie before seeing it when I was looking up old musicals. You know, it's my fault. It's not the movie's fault. You know, that's my fault for not knowing it. You can't blame any anyone else. But <laughs> yeah, no, same for me as well. That. Like, I was very surprised when you s- said, oh, you know, there's this all-Black musical from the 40s that I want to check out. And I'm like, what? Like, wait, wait, what? What year? <laughs> so that was definitely a new discovery for me as well, to even learn that this was something that happened. And how did I not really know about this? Like I knew, and I even knew the the really famous dance sequence with the Nicholas Brothers, but I wasn't even aware that it was from this movie. See, I didn't even know that. Up until recently, I didn't even know of this absurdly crazy, sickening in the best way dance sequence <laughs> from the Nicholas Brothers at the end of this movie. But I think, I think we go through this movie piece by piece janine show piece by show piece and let's uh well let's hear first 
Lena Horne, what do we make of Lena Horne in this movie? She is absolutely gorgeous. And she does have a very dynamic personality. She's very bubbly and, uh, you know, sultry. And I, in reading about her in the Black Hollywood book, she did talk about how she kind of wanted to make herself seem untouchable, um, you know, to people. And that's kind of the persona she wanted to put out there. Um, and she definitely uh, portrayed that. Uh, so, yeah, she was very dynamic to watch for sure. And it's crazy how she didn't become a bigger star. I mean, the, there, of course, was a huge thing holding her back at this time. Um, but she could have been epic had she been given, you know, a fair opportunity. Had more, yes, had more kind of opportunities like this, because she's also in Cabin in the Sky. Mm-hmm. So had more opportunities like she got in 1943 come around, then yes, you could only see her getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. as a star. She has she has it, as old Hollywood types would put it, you know? Yeah. She's got it. She's absolutely got it. It is just, it's an unfortunate reality at that point, isn't it, though? Yeah. It's an unfortunate and sad reality that still obviously at this time and still obviously we haven't entirely developed since then we've developed a significant amount significant amount i think yeah it'd be fair to say that but certainly plenty more still left to be done definitely on the uh on the representation from let's say but definitely um, a trailblazing performance in this movie um, uh, and opened a lot of doors going forward. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, it's, it's a movie that you, or it's, it's, a, it's a movie that you need to watch, I think, with the, I think you get more of a, an appreciation for it. Or certainly I got more of an appreciation for it knowing the, Knowing the importance of it, like yes, you can just watch it as a simple enough musical showpiece movie. Sure, yeah, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But even though, and I, I understand I'm rambling a lot here, and I'm kind of over talking, um, but I, I just think, even though the actual race of everybody isn't brought up. It's not relevant to the movie. It doesn't matter. To the actual movie, I'm talking like in the movie, you know, in the movie, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anything. Mm -hmm. But the movie itself, the actual making of the movie, I don't think could be more interested in that aspect of showcasing. Otherwise, they wouldn't have... I I just... They wouldn't have cast... An all black cast. Yeah. Had they not wanted to make a point of casting an all black exactly. cast and going shine, people shine. You yeah. Know? Because, you know, Lena Horne was given opportunities in white films, but she was always separated from everybody. Her, mm. she would come in, she would sing her song, she wouldn't interact or see any of the white actors. She would do her sequence and her her singing performance sequence would be something that wasn't even related to the plot. So if someone was like, I don't want a black person in this movie, they could easily cut around her. So 
to make the point to cast an all black cast, you're not cutting out anybody. You're not cutting around anything. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think there was a point there um, to really showcase people of color and their talent um, in old Hollywood. What about Bill Robinson then and his big smiling tap dancing that he seems to love to do at random occasions that <laughs> don't really require tap dancing, but he'll do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, he was really entertaining to watch. I loved the um, kind of jungle dance sequence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really uh, fun where we kind of have our, I guess, our antagonist of the story um, who kind of looks down on uh bill robinson and chick Chick bailey yes who he doesn't want him you know to mess up their performances and his dancing is very low class and things like that um only for him to kind of steal the show in a performance while chick bailey is like performing in front he doesn't realize bill is behind him doing this epic tap dance and the crowd is going wild and chick just thinks it's for him but it's really for bill robinson so yeah i definitely thought he had some great comedic timing um and just loved his casual performance i think everyone here because you know you have to think back like you see these big set pieces uh in musicals from gene kelly and things like that and it's all very rehearsed Mm -hmm. and tight and you have to think about like did these people have opportunities to go to dance schools and get training and, you know, any kind of formal training? Probably not. So anything they're doing in these big set pieces are self-taught learn from, you know, dancing in the street and, you know, pass down and things like that. So um, I think that makes it even more impressive. And I just like the natural, the natural power in that style of dancing, just, you know, dancing from what, you know, dancing from muscle memory, dancing from love of dancing, not because it's something you learned, um, you know, or were trained to do, had any formal training. Like, I don't think anyone here feels like a formally trained dancer, but their skill level is so impressive and it makes it even more press impressive if you think about the fact that they probably didn't have opportunities to be trained you know so i think that elevates it even more absolutely it's 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 practice and hard work yeah that's gone into becoming just natural talent skill natural yeah. Talent. Mm-hmm. yeah and bill robinson's tap dancing is kind of it's it's a joy to watch yeah he's tap dancing at the little ball when he gets back from the war. I should also point out, actually, that, yes, this movie is released in 1943. It's also kind of very uh, pro-soldier, as it kind of should have been at that time, really, yeah. as it as it wanted to be. And so that's, that is kind of an important element, I think, in a, yeah. a little bit this, to this I point read... in the movie. Yeah, I read that these movies were shown to, like, the Black GIs, and it was something that really yeah. gave them a lot of hope and excitement and, you know, really got them excited to see people who look like them, you know, doing these great things. So uh, it was definitely huge for servicemen, I think, Black servicemen. Yeah, and that's, that's another good point for the movie, you know, to to, to deal with, really, I think. Yeah. In such a short runtime um, to have that element in it as well but then again i do think 1943 most american movies had some form of yay america yay soldiers 
in, yeah. involved in the it, it just makes sense it makes yeah. sense for that to be the case um but yeah bill robinson's dancing certainly does feel very natural feel yeah. very i love dancing i'm just gonna dance you can see him probably dancing when he was three years old right up until he was 60 in this movie i don't know exactly how old he was in this movie but you know you, you can just see the love of moving his feet quickly <laughs> yeah that he has and he's he's sharing that love with everybody else in this movie as well he gets everybody else to join in in his tap dances he tap dances along with other people who are tap dancing when he's not really been invited to tap dance with them but he'll do it anyway yeah like i liked the scene on the boat where he's like oh i've been tired i'm gonna go lay down and sleep and like they do this kind of close up on his feet and as soon as the music plays like, he's exhausted he's sleeping but he's woken from his sleep because of the music and the urge to dance like they do this close up on his feet and like as soon as the music plays his feet kind of start wiggling and then he yeah. pops up like where's that music coming from and then he immediately goes and just starts dancing with these people on this riverboat so i loved how they just kind of illustrated you know it's something he can't really control like he could be dead off his ass tired but you know that music plays in his feet just kind of he can't control them so i like that they illustrated that by kind of like zooming in on his feet and then they kind of started wiggling as the music started up the thing is it's just such a positive movie as well yeah. It's such a happy, positive movie. All the time, everybody has full smiles on their faces. All the time. There is not an out... Like, even Dooley Wilson, who's playing the scam artist, who's down on his luck because he's a scam artist, <laughs> and he just keeps getting pushed down and his scams aren't going through. When we meet him again and he's just like shining shoes... And at this point, you know, Bill Robinson is somewhat successful as a as a dancer. Yeah. And at this point in the story, if you want to call it a story, it's more like real life. But he's just shining shoes. But he's kind of just kind of really happy. Yeah. I just think that's the... And I don't think that's a, you know, sinister... Um, I'm being a servant to these higher people like but i'm happy about it kind of situation i just think i mean that's i mean this is me saying it but i just think that is a reflection of the movie's general vibe yeah i mean i think they want to just show positivity and you know the love of performing kind of being um enough to really celebrate it and um yeah so i i i could see what you mean by that um, and I can, I, see other, he's performing. I can see the other and I can see the other side of it is people thinking that, oh, here's a moment where, um, you know, he's just happy being in servitude. Um, yeah, because that that was a big portrayal. And we do get we do get some product of our time situ moments with, some, you know, with some black face situations. Um, and something I've actually never come across before is. And again, this is my ignorance, clearly is black people doing darkening themselves yes and doing the lip and everything like i didn't really know that that was a thing so i don't oh, know if it yeah. was just uh, like 
a reclaiming type thing or just a part of performing at the time that, you know, that was just a part of it. I don't know. But yeah, I had never really seen that. You'd um, like to think it was. And I think thing. this is like a whole, it was like a whole comedic sequence. So I don't know if it just added to the comedy of it. Um, But yeah, it was but just really. Play, it's not like they're playing to, like they're playing to black audiences. Exactly. So that's, that was a, well, a, a weird thing that maybe um, uh, deserves some research on our part to kind of look into. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I, when I saw it, I was like, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen this before. Um. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's not like it's made a huge deal. No. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe it is quite simply a product of the time. Yeah. Maybe it is a form of reclaiming. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that. I think that's the more, the more positive way of thinking about it, but maybe not necessarily the, the uh, accurate. The accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, it did have a white director, so I don't know if that's something or the studio wanted to put in or a contractual thing or those all could be factors that, um, you know, to throw in that movie. But they could, they could. I, I think these are these are little details, I suppose, in, in the big picture of things. Um but certainly worth mentioning just for yeah. whether it's an unusual point or a really thought provoking one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if we're talking, time, we're talking a black, all black musical in the forties, I think things like this are definitely uh, worth just mentioning and talking about, oh, yeah. and, you know, yeah, not shying definitely. away from, because yeah, I think we both kind of saw that and had cut some questions like, yeah. what does this mean like whose decision was this was this something that was done when black people were performing kind of comedic type things to black audiences like how did people feel about that so yeah definitely something to do uh, look into because i was definitely curious about that when i saw that scene yeah let's <laughs> i mean not not to try and move away from that <laughs> discussion because it, it is it just seems very very strange to me that there would be any sort of blackface taking part when you are actually playing to, playing black to a black audience yeah it doesn't make sense to me as as horrible as it makes sense to me why that would be done to a white audience because it was a racist time yeah you know that that it and if you know who you're playing to, but it makes you know, sense to me. Yeah, and I think a lot of black people had to kind of maybe do things that were hits at their integrity and things like yeah. that to to make a buck, to get ahead in this industry that didn't want them. So yeah, things like that sadly do make sense. But yeah, th I think that's where our confusion comes in is, you know, they were doing this to an all black audience. So why would that be necessary? So yeah, I just, yeah, very, very curious moment in this movie. Um, aside from that, I think everything else was definitely wholly positive and um, really wanting to showcase uh, black talent. Yes, 
Definitely. Um, we we were we were talking about the the jungle sequence actually, weren't we? With uh, yeah, Bill Robinson <laughs> dancing on all the people's drums and Chick Bailey in the front singing, not realizing that everybody's just applauding Bill Robinson in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Until the very end, when he does realise it, and he's very annoyed by it, but Bill Robinson just smacks him in the face and walks out with Lena home. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, 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 uh, I've won the day there from Bill Robinson. Yeah, it was very much, I was, like, waiting for <laughs> somebody to come in, for Chris Tucker to come in and be like, you just got knocked the fuck out. Because it was pretty much like that. He, like, knocked him out and just walked away. He did. With the he girl. Did. Pretty much Perfectly like casually. Yes, very Friday. Um, that was that was pretty hilarious, but yeah, another huge set piece, costumes, um, a lot yeah. of dancers, um, you know, a huge set piece. These giant like uh, drums, um, yeah, definitely a big, huge kind of set piece. I really liked that. What do you make of the sequence in Memphis then with Fats Waller and Ada Brown? When Bill Robinson's working in this bar, in Fats Waller's little bar, um, serving, he's, he's just a waiter at this point, but he's also a dancer sometimes, but not tonight. Lena Horne comes into the bar with Chick Bailey. Yeah. As well. Um, but that's an excuse to give Fats Waller a couple of his big hits, isn't it? And let him yeah. perform some of those. Yes, and we do get to hear Lena sing, and um, yeah, I, I I definitely liked the the more uh, understated um, dance numbers as well, where we're kind of just focused on one person, and it's not a huge. So I did like that we got a combination of these big kind of grander with costumes and sets and things like yeah. that, and then we got some more simpler ones where we just saw focused on the dancing, focused on a song. Um, there was definitely a really great mix of that. Well, ultimately, it's the variety in these styles of entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, because all I mean, musicals I don't think... kind of bounce between a huge grand thing and then a smaller yeah. you know, moment. When you think character. about it, I don't think it comes any more different in styles of entertainment. And we've not even started talking about Cab Calloway yet, but everybody kind of knows Cab Calloway probably from the Blues Brothers before anything else. To be yeah. honest with you, from you know, Minnie the Moocher in the Blues Brothers is where most people I feel like it's where I first learned who Cab Calloway was. I feel like that's a, a fair statement that most yeah. people probably learn who Cab Calloway is from that. Um, but he's uh, obviously a huge stage, big band kind of performer, yeah. But then you've got Fats Waller, who's just happy sat in the corner of a bar on his piano. piano. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean I really like that music anyway. I I I do. I I like the style. I like I like the vibe of that music because it's just relaxing to me. Yeah. That I can just sit in there and listen to a piano in the corner of a room play somewhat out of tune doesn't really mean anything. But like mean I mean the music like doesn't really kind of go together all that well. But yeah. then you're singing really well. And Fats Wilder sings really well. And Ada Brown sings really well in that scene. Yeah. And it's 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 a nice it's just a nice picture for me. 
Yeah, it's that, a nice palate cleanser be in, in between kind of different, the bigger uh, spectacle scenes. And then you get something yeah. like this that's more kind of stripped down. Yeah. And I just liked how Fatswala was very sassy in this movie. Yes. Because <laughs> everything was done with a raised eyebrow and a kind of <laughs> side eye. Well, yeah. Well, I think when you do have an all black cast, you get a lot of sass. And so I did really like that from a lot of the characters, I think, at the kind of big opening. Uh, number um, that um, what's his name? Uh, oh, Dooley Wilson. <laughs> uh, the the scam Chick artist. <laughs> Dooley Wilson. Yes, Gabe. His name is in the movie. <laughs> yes, he um lies and says he knows Chick, and they go way back and all of this thing and his date. Yeah. You know, Chick a- acts like hilarious. Chick, yes, Chick doesn't know him at all, and Chick like reveals that and is like, I don't know you. And so his date is completely outraged and gets so sassy that how dare he act like he doesn't know you? You're a star. You're famous. For him to treat you like that, that's ridiculous. And her just popping off that chick and believing his nonsense story. Uh, I loved that. I loved her just kind of going at it, going at it like that. Yeah. So, well, lots of funny. sass. Like lots of lots of black sass in this movie, and I was I was all about it. <laughs> I would also like to uh, just. For firmly and formally induct Mr. Fatswala into the Mustache Hall of Fame for his beautifully manicured yes. mustache. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. <laughs> I think the potentially the first musician to actually feature in the Mustache Hall of Fame. So <laughs> well done, Fatswala. Your mustache yes. is exceptional, sir. <laughs> it really is. As is your bowler hat. And your waistcoat. Yes, very nice, very nice. And your piano playing and your singing. Very good. Yes. Uh, I loved all that. I really <laughs> did. But Mustache Hall of Fame, Fatswala. Applause for Fatswala in the Mustache Hall of Fame. Yay! It's been a while since people <laughs> have been in the Mustache Hall of Fame. Yeah. Journey. It's just a lack of mustaches. That's all, that's all it's been. That's all it's been. A simple uh, lack of yeah, mustaches. <laughs> Well, do we now get on to talking about... Um, the titular. <laughs> the titular, yes, let's talk about the titular performance, Janine. This is Lena Horne's big showcase in the movie. Yes. Singing Stormy Weather that apparently has been sung by 4,007,082 different people. Oh my goodness. That's an inaccurate number, but it, it seems <laughs> yeah, like that sounded a bit exaggerated. <laughs> from looking at Stormy Weather, the song on Spotify, everyone at one point has, has done a version. <laughs> you got Etta James, I think, here doing a one. But anyway, this is Lena Horne's version of Stormy Weather, as Janine actually sung at the start of the show. <laughs> Do we like this, Janine? Yes, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I was in awe of her dress. I'm like, oh, I love that dress, how she looked, the whole set piece of it, just looking out the window and them kind of setting up this like stormy kind of uh, setting out the window. And like the range of that song is very low. So the fact that she kind of had, you know, really showcased her range, um, that was really beautiful. And then we go into this really beautiful dance sequence that's like kind of re- uh, reenacting a storm and um, moving yeah. kind of like tornadoes and winds and 
um, all of that. So that was really impressive to me because that seems like something that would have been choreographed by, you know, a big chore- choreographer or something like that, that you would see in, um, you know, a bigger musical. So kind of yeah. the effort that went into kind of theming this whole dance sequence to, you know, feel like moving like the wind and moving like a tornado and um, the part where they were lifting the woman and they were kind of going around and she was swaying and leaning back and all of that was so beautiful. I really liked that this whole sequence. When you said it, it seemed like it had been choreographed by a, a top choreographer, I, uh, I had to think of myself. I had to think <laughs> myself there because I'm sure I read Busby Berkeley's name involved um but busby berkeley was actually involved in cabin in the sky stormy weather okay um but also cabin in the sky is actually directed by vincente minnelli so to have vincente minnelli directing it entirely and busby berkeley doing i think one or two of the The dance sequences show pieces in, in cabin in the sky is pretty well um pretty well established Filmmaking people, yes, there I suppose, or, or production designy people, musical people, basically <laughs> is what yes. I'm trying to say. Um, in for for Cabin in the Sky, but certainly Stormy Weather, yeah, it's a great sequence, a great sequence. I think this movie has some seriously underappreciated musical numbers in it, as far as the history of old musicals go. This is what I mean. The fact I hadn't heard of these movies, I think, is a crime. When I enjoy yes, this one, me too. This <laughs> you know, this much—it's silly. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, to it's me. super short. There's little plot, but you, like I said at the start, you just feel like everyone involved knows what this means, knows what this opportunity means and does not take that for granted. And like just the fact that, yeah, they probably maybe didn't have access to any kind of formal dance training. So that just makes how talented and amazing they are that much more impressive. Um, So yeah, definitely appreciate everything about this movie, what it tried to do, um, what I think it succeeded at doing. Um, Just kicking myself for not knowing that that amazing Nicholas Brothers performance was from this movie um, and not really seeking it out because I've seen that performance so many times and so impressive. I'm always talking about it. And so the fact that I didn't take, you know, the time to actually go back and see where it was actually from is, is very frustrating to myself. (laughs) Oh, I get frustrated with myself all the time. Janine, this is nothing new. For the people of it's a wonderful podcast. <laughs> I don't think. Um, but you say you're very, very familiar with that final Nicholas Brothers dance. Um, that comes alongside the big showpiece from Cab mm-hmm. Calloway as well as the jumping jive and Cab Calloway basically shaking his head like a madman for 10 minutes straight yeah. in <laughs> such a way that would make me feel ill. If I was to do that sort of thing, it's it feels like. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like heavy metal headbanging before that was a thing. <laughs> it was just Cab Calloway with his conductor's baton, wagging his head all over the place yes, like a maniac, very intensely conducting. <laughs> but you appreciate it. 
the love is there. Yes. The love is clearly there. It's great. It's mesmerizing to watch, as is that Nicholas Brothers dance. I'm interested to know where you know that dance from then, if it's not directly to do with this movie. Uh, I've just seen it. Like, um, you know, I think I was watching... Uh, I always talk about her Be Kind Rewind videos and um, just videos on TikTok, people just kind of talking about this dance and dancers doing videos, talking about how important this dance sequence was and watching it, how cool, you know, all of everything they were doing, so powerful yeah. and dynamic and um, just impressive. So I've just seen other people do videos talking about it and I've seen many clips of it. and um, Yeah, so I've just seen other people really talk about how okay. important this dance was how amazing it was and getting to watch scenes from it um but never really just had the thought to oh maybe i should go figure out what this is from and, and watch this movie i don't know why i just never i was always very no, impressed yeah, when i saw it yeah and seeing people's love for it it is insane it is an absolutely insane dance number like I yeah. said, some of the musical numbers were underappreciated in this movie. I can't actually think of a dance number in a musical that I've seen that was as mesmerizing as that. Yeah. In terms of, I know, obviously, look, the people, people like Gene Kelly are obviously incredibly athletic and pretty phenomenal ballet dancers. But has Gene Kelly ever jumped over his twin brother <laughs> or i don't know if they are twins but they're bro the hurt his brother yeah whilst doing the splits and then landed on a what looks like on a, a space. heavy stone stair yeah whilst doing the splits actually on the splits and not broke himself in half because yeah. i don't think gene kelly ever did that no i don't think he did either Gene Kelly just nicely ballet danced. Very, very nicely ballet danced and very, very nicely tap danced, obviously. But this just seems on a bit of another level athletically. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. I was I was taken aback by this dance number from the Nicholas Brothers, which is admittedly the only thing they do in the movie, but my God, what an only and thing to they do in the movie. Then they kind of end it there because, like, what else are you going to do? Well, they do, don't they? That's just like, yeah, we've had the huge, we've yes. got Cab Calloway followed by the that Nicholas Brothers, and we're not OG, getting any better. OG mic drop right there. <laughs> kind of was. Kind of was. Was it just me as well who was really, really, found it really funny that when Cab Calloway actually first showed up in the movie, it was actually when Bill Robinson is is telling his flashback story to all the neighbor kids yeah because you keep flashing back to him him over on the, the porch of the story, yeah telling it to these children and then just like cab calloway just kind of shows up he gets a letter i think from cab calloway actually and then he just shows up and all the neighbor's kids are just like oh it's cab calloway and he's like hey kids it's, oh my gosh <laughs> It's, it's, I just found it quite funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> to be fair, Cap Calloway was kind of huge. I mean, all of the people in this movie were kind of huge. And if you're thinking, if you're thinking, 
I can think of other pretty significant uh, black American uh, entertainers of the early 20th century that were not that we have not mentioned that were in stormy weather. Well, they probably show up in Cabin in the Sky, that's why. Yeah. You know, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, I think is in Cabin in the Sky. Yes. As well. Um so you've got them in there. I think I think both do a pretty good uh, I think both do a pretty good job of encompassing near enough every major name you could wish for in that particular field. Or I think they do anyway. I think yeah. they do, unless I'm missing somebody plainly no. obvious. I think we um, covered most of the big ones. But I, I like how I like how Cab Calloway's treat is the absolute most celebrity of them all. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, because he just seems like he would be because he's playing to these massive crowds in theatres and doing yeah. his big band situation. And, and I yes, think... okay, I was expecting him to start singing Minnie the Moocher and we reenact Blues Brothers, giving it the Heidi Heidi High all the time. But he does yeah. that a little bit, actually, doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, but yeah, I think that plays to even something that I kind of reference a lot when I was a kid that, you know, you're always kind of subconsciously looking for this representation and characters and people who can represent somebody who looks like you in the world that you exist in. So I think it was a great, you know, while it did play a little like comical that these kids are like, Hey, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of realistic that they're not going to have a lot of icons and they're not going to have a lot of people who look like That's them representing point. them. And so that was a moment to showcase that, that kind of took me back to me as a kid, always watching movies and loving movies and wanting to see more people who look like me. So yeah, they're going to hold up their black icons like that and celebrate them. Um, you know, in in that fashion, because there aren't many at that time for them to to look up to. So, That's yeah, a very good point. Jimmy. <laughs> That's a very good point. I appreciate that point. Well, I should also <laughs> I should also just say, actually, um, Cab Calloway straight into the Mustache Hall of Fame. With yes, you as well. applause, yes. applause to Cab Calloway for his also excellent mustache, but a different <laughs> style of mustache actually to Fats Waller's. That's why has got much more of a uh, singular pencil mustache. Cab yes. Calloway's is in two parts. Parts. Mm -hmm. Cab Calloway's basically um, the black version of Clark Gable's mustache. Yes. Really. <laughs> and and I don't know. I, I, Fats Waller's the black version of Vincent Price's mustache, I guess. Which is just a singular <laughs> pencil. Yeah. I'm getting too into mustaches again, but two inductees into the Mustache Hall of Fame you know, for stormy weather. Both musicians, Fatswala and Cab Calloway, lovely people that they are. Um, but I, I, I had a lot of fun with Cab Calloway's uh, jumping jive as well. Yeah, it's his big showpiece because he sings really well. Like his voice is huge. Mm -hmm. And so energetic. And yeah. apparently, I know this this movie is obviously in black and white, but apparently that big suit he was wearing was bright yellow. Really? <laughs> and it was just kind of really garish. And I just like the idea of Cab Calloway being a little bit flamboyant and a little bit kind of 
I want all the attention on me because why the hell shouldn't well, all the attention not? be on him? Yeah. This why shouldn't just, he? This was just a huge treat for me because, you know, I've heard of these people and heard about their impact on, you know, old Hollywood for black actors and black performers, but had never really gotten to see it firsthand. And just, yeah, this is why I love this show because I get those opportunities to see these people that you hear about as a movie fan and their impact on movies in general and people that you watch today. And uh, sometimes you just never think to go and look at those things. So I, I have had many firsts of seeing actors that I know of and have known of for years um, on this show. So this was just a great opportunity to see people of color for the first time in their element uh, that I've just kind of heard about for years and finally getting to actually see it has been really great for me. So thank you, Morgan, for this awesome suggestion. And I'm so proud of us for, you know, giving this this old movie a platform and hopefully more people will go check it out and maybe they Absolutely. are not as uh uneducated as us and maybe already know about it so <laughs> well i can only hope that this has brought other people at least some form of education on on stormy weather and look we we want to cover cabin in the sky as well so i think we will do that for our next episode together his cabin in the sky because it's it seems quite a bit different to stormy weather yeah and look you have louis armstrong in there so let's prepare for morgan's louis armstrong impression <laughs> no, which i'm not going to do because it is just horrendous could you imagine me trying <laughs> to do a louis armstrong impression? i mean i've attempted to do one so maybe you'll hear mine everybody everybody <laughs> in their right mind has has attempted a Louis Armstrong yes. impression at some point. Because <laughs> all you really have to do is go, <laughs> and, yes. you're pretty, and you're pretty much there. You just throw your voice to the back of your throat. and <laughs> Scratch your deep. throat to death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give yourself a sore throat for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> How Louis Armstrong actually developed that voice. I have right? No like, did I he... have no scientific idea. <laughs> I want to know when he started talking like that. Was he just like a 10 year old Hello. kid? Like, hey, <laughs> Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Louis Armstrong and musicals, actually, um, cheek to cheek. From Top Hat, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Mm -hmm. Fred Astaire also, there's another tap dancer that, frankly, has never done the splits over his own brother on a set of stairs. Yeah. But still perfectly good. Um, that song, Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald did a version of Cheek to Cheek that's, like, way better than any other version of Cheek to Cheek I've ever heard. Really? Could you imagine Louis Armstrong singing Cheek to Cheek? Imagine it and go and listen to it. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm hearing it. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I love it. I love that version of that song with every fiber of my being. Because you just have I think that's Louis actually Armstrong. the version I've heard, like the, the main one is. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite that I've ever heard. Because you have 
rough as hell Louis Armstrong's <laughs> voice. And then Ella Fitzgerald. Gerald, yeah. It's kind of the smoothest, sweetest <laughs> voice going. I don't know. Anyway, they're not in this movie, but Louis Armstrong's it is in Cabin in the Sky. Where's Ella Fitzgerald? That's my question. Yeah. She's not in these movies, is she? This is around this this is the similar sort of time, isn't it? Yeah, well, she's is Ella Fitzgerald mm-hmm. era, or is this maybe too young for Ella Fitzgerald? Is Ella, is Ella Fitzgerald a bit more fifties? Perhaps, yeah. <sighs> Probably a bit more fifties, actually, isn't she? To be fair to her, to be fair to her. Um, but yeah, anything else we want to say about Stormy Weather, Janine? Please. Just really enjoyed this movie. Um, very short, easy watch. Very short. Very entertaining. Um, and yeah, just brings a lot of pride to a person of color to kind of see this big showcase of black talent. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited to add this to my uh, education of black film. You know, I am a Schmodown competitor and I'm always kind of talking about the importance of studying black cinema. It is now a category in the Schmodown that I'm really proud about. Um, but I by no means are an expert in black cinema. And it's always something that I want to study and learn more about and watch more movies that I've never seen before um, that are really important to Hollywood and film and movies in general. Um, so yeah, this was definitely something great for my education in black cinema and i really appreciated that so really really enjoyed this movie it's certainly the oldest black movie we've ever covered on the it's a wonderful podcast i can tell you that we might have to find older ones although we may struggle we may struggle to find entirely older entirely black movies the, the 1943 you know i think it's going to be perhaps a little bit difficult but i'm sure we'll give it a good go if yes. and when the time comes janine you did give me this excellent hollywood black book and it does it go true. through different tech i think it starts with the 20s and the 30s so um there well, may I, be I something am... in there worth uh, looking into i'm familiar with the name of Oscar Michaud, who I think is kind of like the first uh, prominent black director. Yeah. But I don't know if his movies are actually still in existence. Oh, like available to actually watch. I think, uh, like, if not all of them are lost, there's only like two of them or something like that that are left and you're not realistically going to be able to get your hands on them. Well, definitely worth um, some looking into and seeing yeah. what we can find. <laughs> certainly, certainly, because that is, you know, he's a black director as well. Yeah, this movie doesn't time. have a black director. Cabin no, in the Sky doesn't have does a black not. director. Mm-mm. Has all black casts, but there's the other, there's the other little element. But then, there you go. That's just your argument as to what constitutes a black movie or not. And to be fair. We've had that discussion many times <laughs> on yes. Morgan Hasn't Seen mainly, mm-hmm. haven't we, Janine? Yes. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I've it had the well. songs in my head Yay. since I saw the movie, which is the perfect sign of a pretty good musical. Definitely. Yes. Yay. Ignore the unbelievably minimal plot and... <laughs> Come and stay 
for the showcase of talent and the pretty hip, pretty hypnotic final dance number. Yes. <laughs> and just enjoy yourself because you will, because we have just spoken about 1943's Janine Sing It. Stormy weather. Perfect. See, Janine can so do low, the, uh, so tone. low. <laughs> we'll have to sing so much. You can sing Stormy Weather. I'll sing uh, cheek, cheek to cheek, cheek in the style of Louis Armstrong. <laughs> and we'll have to find somebody else to be the other people. We don't have anybody else. No. Nolan we'll just do, can be we'll, Nolan just do <laughs> we'll just do all the parts. Okay. <laughs> Nolan could be Cab Calloway. I can't imagine that. No. Actually, that's a terrible suggestion. Why have I even I mean he is a voice that? actor, so we'll see. He is, but has he got the projection in his voice of someone like Cab Calloway? You feel like Cab Calloway, you could hear his every word over the length of eighteen football fields. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's that good at projecting his voice and waving his head around like a maniac but there you go stormy weather was an absolute delight and i'm glad i've kind of started off my new old musicals watch list you know with this yeah, one definitely it's, it's just such a unique movie yeah i've never seen a movie quite like stormy weather and that's a beautiful beautiful thing because discovering new old movies is, is a main point of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, as is celebrating old movies. And I think it's fair to say we have done that as well today, Janine. Yes, I think we most definitely have. Well, if we have no nothing more to add to our discussion of 1943's Stormy Weather for episode 161, of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Janine, what else do we have going on? Of course, there's Machine Mondays every Monday with me, Janine the Machine, talking all things Schmodown. And then Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday, where I force Morgan to watch something he hasn't seen. Uh, right now we are doing faith-based comedy, so we're having some very interesting discussions about you know, religion and how you know it's satirized a bit and... Um, yeah, how those things play into a movie plot. So it's it's breeded some very fun discussions. Uh, so please check that out. There you go. Monday with Machine Mondays. Wednesday with Morgan Hasn't Seen. And here every Friday on It's a Wonderful Podcast. We have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. That is Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and everywhere else. Janine, we've already talked about the Patreon, but what else do we have going on? We have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. We are building and growing, you know, slowly but surely. Uh, you know, doing some fun videos over there. Uh, we do two watch-alongs every month, which are always fun. Our Scooby-Doo watch-along was really great. We had some guests Mons. and dressed up as our favorite Scooby-Doo characters. It was really fun. So come hang out with us at the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel as well at It's a Wonderful Podcast on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Do all of the things. We are trying to build and grow that channel and do some more fun stuff over there for you guys. So please check it out. 
Yes, you can find the show, of course, on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with the three instead of the E in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Dawn. All your glorious, wonderful stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows or check out any of my artwork, you can find all of that at my Tee Public shop at G9 Design. And if you want to hear more of my impression of Louis Armstrong, Cabin in the Sky episode, two weeks' time, it'll be on there. Yeah. Guaranteed. Unless you want to become a really high level patron and just force me to do a Louis Armstrong impression because <laughs> it's that good. Yeah, you could do that too. I think it's that good. I think it's that good. I'm going to have to put the practice in. The practice will be going in. For Morgan's Louis Armstrong impression. Janine, I think there is only one thing left to do. Do you want to do it? In, don't do it in a Louis Armstrong voice. He's got <laughs> nothing to do with stormy weather. There's no real funny voice in this movie. No, there is not. Do it however you want. <laughs> Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.